0: Neon One makes software solutions specifically built for nonprofits. You can finally have your donor management, fundraising software, program management, and nonprofit operations all in one place. Learn how Neon One can help your nonprofit create long lasting relationships by visiting neonone.com/we are for good.
1: Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are for Good
0: podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world.
1: We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising.
0: So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
1: So let's get started. Becky, our friends in the house.
0: Our friend that, like, after we met him, we just didn't want to be friends. We wanted to (laughs) adopt him, like, into the family immediately.
1: It's honestly what happened because, you know, the power of community, we talk about it all the time. A friend introduces a friend, introduces a friend. And sometimes you just get on a call with somebody and you're like, man, we could talk for a really long time because so much value alignment, so much intersection of the work that we're doing that kind of collides. And that's the story with Richie Kendall. And I'm so excited to welcome him on the podcast today. He is the co-founder and chief experience officer over at Good World. We share a love of the word good together on this, <laughs> but Richie <laughs> has this really cool winding story that has led him here. And it has really heartwired him in a really unique way that sees philanthropy and a lot of the ideals that we perpetuate and lift on the podcast a lot of really activating around democratizing social impact and creating a more inclusive environment for everybody to come to the table, everyone to be part of this magnetism that's known as philanthropy and so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation today. But let me tell you a little bit about Richie. So I mentioned he's the co-founder and chief experience officer at Good World. This is a social impact platform that's powered by generosity, collaboration, compassion. we workplace giving, another passion of ours. Oh my gosh, Cause so marketing, aligned. Influencer impact and the next generation philanthropy all collide. And they were, you know, casually called by Fast Company as one of the world's most innovative companies. So way to so go proud of for you. you on that. But Richie's story of how he kind of became part of Good World, is he had his own company called Cheerful Giving that was acquired um, a few years back. And it grew to power the social impact initiatives of many of the world's largest brands and leading nonprofits. And Richie's worked with a lot of the biggest brands. I mean, brands that you would recognize from MasterCard to Forever 21, Frontier Airlines, and so many more. But he is just this heart-powered, really philanthropy-minded, big-picture thinker. And so I'm really delighted to have you in our house today. Richie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here.
2: It is a treasure being with you both. Thank you for
1: having me.
0: Uh, Oh,
2: you're a treasure.
1: Like we're delighted. I remember right after we met, I like texted Becky. I was like, okay, you got to meet Richie. (laughs) I don't know when y'all can talk, but um, it's just, it's awesome to hear your perspective. And that's what the conversation today, we want you to cast vision for what you're seeing in the sector. But before we do that, we want to know you. We want to introduce you to our community. So take us back to your story and kind of share a little bit of your winding path that led you to here today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So if I were to go all the way back, I'm. I might start. I might start with the beginning of what you could categorize as my hero's journey. Um, yes, you know, exactly. I, I grew up as a as a creative young person, and had tragedy befall me at, at about six years old when my father passed of cancer, uh, so colon cancer, and sorry, that that kind of left me, my mom, and my younger brother, you know, in a place of of really needing to come together and, and define our family and move forward. Uh, since he was such a light in in their lives and everybody who he touched, uh, it was almost like I was looking up to this person who wasn't there in the flesh, but, but was still very much a part of our lives moving forward. And I think that kind of put me onto a purpose-driven path, which I know you guys know so much about and and it also forced me at 6 years old to start making sense of the world. I mean, when you lose someone at that age and you are just starting to grow into your own way of understanding the world around you, you are you start realizing, "Oh, okay, we're we're not getting out of this alive. None of us are." And so we're all only here for a short period of time and so it's almost it's almost upon us or it's our responsibility to make it magical and to share it with people. So that's, that's my origin myth, I would say. And, and from there, it took me into filmmaking, entrepreneurship, um, storytelling, all of my passions as a young creative person, all kind of have come together in different ways. And, and where I am today is really just blending those passions in unique ways based on the people I've met and some of the changes we've seen in this crazy digital environment that we're hurtling into.
0: Uh, tell me tell me before we get in any further, tell us what your dad's name is.
2: His, name's, his name is Bob Kendall, Robert Kendall.
0: Hi, Robert. Hi, Bob. Okay. I, I think it's important to name those people that are so important in our life. And I I love this legacy that Bob Kendall has left with you, because, and and God bless your mother, who fostered and understood that creativity in you that needed a space to like grow and just churn and try things in this world. Because I think the thing that really resonates with me about you, Richie, is, um, well, within five minutes of meeting you, I felt like I'd known you my entire life. And the way that you can cast vision, the way that you see marketplaces and trends almost before anybody else is so fascinating to us. And we're seeing some of them in our spaces too. And I think it's just fun to just talk about not, uh, you know, Bowie Carpenter just talked about this with us, like, what are the trends and not just what's trendy? How are we looking at how we can move the needle in a substantial way, not through tactics, not through some of these strategies, but through big ideation. And so I want you to kind of do some tone setting and talk about these Thre- trends that are happening in philanthropy. We're just so excited about the moment that we're seeing with the shift of digital and social community and the rise of the everyday philanthropist. Talk to us about where you see philanthropy moving in the next few years and what's like really lighting you up and exciting you.
2: I appreciate that framing Becky and and also appreciate the really kind words and honoring um, that you, that you did there. Yeah, I, I, I have a penchant for zooming all the way out when when we have these types of conversations, and and I might just borrow of a frame that that has been provided by an author named Charles Eisenstein. I don't know if you guys know Charles Eisenstein, but he's a really powerful thinker. And we're we're more or less as a species, or at least in terms of American culture, if we want to. Scope it down a little. We're we're in this we're in this space between stories, and the old story is this story of separation, um, where more or less we have this, I would say, not antagonistic relationship with nature and the world around us, but certainly there's distance between the two. Right? It's it's often about dominating the other the natural other or or partaking in a competitive environment that we've seen inside capitalism and some of our other our other ordering principles um, and I think for us to really move forward we have to all collectively mind shift into a new way of seeing with the world and relating to the world around us and that can be more or less done through, A new analysis of relationship and ritual in our everyday lives, how we talk to one another, how we connect with one another, how we organize ourselves. And so I think it's that frame that helps us understand the moment that we're all in and hopefully imbues some sense of hope for the new types of organizing we can do, collaboration, compassion, generosity, beauty, excellence, truth, wisdom, all of these things, if we can get really in touch with them inside ourselves, we can create the world we want to see. We just have to tap into that imagination.
1: I mean, that's beautiful, <laughs> right? Yes. And it's its hard not to see it in the lens of that's community, right? That's authentic community where people feel belonging, where feel like they can show up authentically, where you can lift each other and it's less walls and more handholding. I mean, I know you believe in that. Um, So where do you go with that? I mean, knowing that and how do you champion that? Like what, what do you do with that? Cause I know this is a community that's surrounded by people who believe that, you know, we just celebrated that on community week or it's coming up on the podcast. So talk about how you see that changing the way we show up in work, you know, to be torchbearers of that ideal.
2: That's exactly right. And it's, it's why the both of you are have such infectious energy, and why such a sense of community has really grown around what you're doing is because you're you're making that beautiful noise that just resonates with the moment, and we all need it. It's it's warmth, it's comfort, it's connection. Um, you know, I would say, you know, what we're discovering in this this time between stories and redefinition of, of how we do things and how we become something new is 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 a lot of the movements that are now on the front pages right it's it's dei it's sustainability um, it's belonging uh, these these aren't just words they're not just buzzwords I mean they can be right. used that way and we can certainly see a lot of whitewashing and greenwashing but at the end of the day it's coming from a desire of the heart within all of us to have a sense of play and balance and and to be able to project our inner humanity into the environments that we're all going to be in every single day. Um, so there's because our work world and our everyday lives are kind of blending together in these ways that have been somewhat unforetold um, due right. to this yeah. new digital world we're in and this remote work world. We need to bring in the play and and a sense of meaning into everything that we're doing and stop separating the working environment from the lives we want to lead outside of work.
0: I am here I am for that world. I am here for world.
2: that
1: <laughs> Jinx,
0: I'm
2: here yep, for that world. Of
0: course we're doing it again. <laughs> um sorry our brains sometimes meld on occasion, but I I I so agree with you. And I think you talking about the story of the past is separation and the story of the future is connectivity and community. It's the only way. It's the only way that we see a path forward that is one with vibrancy and one where you can have purpose, but you can also have your personal life and the thing that fills you up. And I'm I'm here for a world like that. And, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into this belonging piece and the DEI piece and the inclusion piece, because we can't see philanthropy reaching its fullest potential unless everyone is included and unless the democracy and the equity is baked in. And I want you to talk about that evolution and how that really juxtaposed with what we've been taught and the way we've been taught to build relationships, the way we've been taught to ask for money and and to build businesses. What is inclusive philanthropy? And I would say even just inclusive engagement, what does that look like? And talk to us about the future of that. And P.S., I'm going to be taking notes.
2: Here I go kind of zooming out again. Um, so do stop me if this becomes too uh, annoying. Are you uh, kidding?
0: We're here for the vision. Love it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so I I I feel it's it's obvious that this that sometimes nature is cruel. That it often will create stratification and will create a feeling of competition and and kind of going all the way back to kind of the originating design of things like money, Uh, money creates a sense of artificial scarcity. Um, So it feels as if we're always always competing with one another for the same scarce resource. And when there's any kind of inequity within a system, whether that's like a demographic or or a political inequity in a system – the the people that find themselves on the lower part of the pressure conditions feel the most stress, the most injustice. And thus, when we're kind of coming out of an old story that is high, you know, highly hierarchical, you have a lot of grievance and oppressed groups and stories that are that have trauma baked into them. Like yeah. whole group swaths of human beings have trauma baked into their their stories. So what, what the new kind of flowering looks like is just reshaping the landscape, level setting, honoring every individual being, human being and non-human being on the planet as sacred value, equal sacred value from the point of it all offers its own divine value. And so, within the context of philanthropy, it means that there needs to be a sweeping invitation to all groups and all beneficiaries to be a, become a part of the new philanthropy and to have their voice heard in that. And we can talk about the ways that that can look and the journey that Good World's on in how, trying to sort of redefine what that looks like, creating
0: yes, please technologies do. and
2: experiences. Um, so maybe I'll just kind of go right into there. I
1: mean, let me jump in. Cause I feel like for our listeners real quick, I mean, that is what impact uprising is. That is yep. not trademarked. We are for good. It's our vision, but to me and to us, it's bigger than what our input in that would ever be. It's like the idea that we want to create an uprising that includes everybody. Cause we wouldn't want to block somebody from being part of that, that we believe is so magical to be a part of and transformative. And that's, This is reminding me of our original kinship of just like, yes, like when you find friends that value a line like this, this is when you want to just like run together, you know? And so I want to, you can talk about your piece of that Impact Uprising and we're here for it. Sorry to jump in there, but I wanted to provide context to that too.
0: Can we call it, instead of kinship, can we call it Kindleship? I mean, this is totally like Richie Kindle inspired, totally. (laughs) Let's brand it. It fire kindling. I was thinking... (laughs)
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, okay. It's all okay. All of it, and I want to riff on that, John, because that 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 yeah. was really important what you said, and and I, I might even go further and just say that in a way we we do have to get away from just trying to solve symptoms, and, and what I mean by that is there are ways of being that are a balm for deeper structural problems. And, and the balm for, for those deeper structural problems is being a whole human being in your family, in your neighborhood, in, in your broader community. When people are whole, it's almost like, a, like you're putting out a harmonious tone and other tones out there, other people will come to resonate with that tone. So the more whole human beings we can create, the more harmony we can create as a whole. It's kind of that—that that sort of it starts with the home um, axiom. So in terms of how all of this fits into into philanthropy and the philanthropy story, we're 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 still in this place where if you if you want to talk about corporate philanthropy, yeah, leadership or the prerogatives of a of like a brand or a board are ultimately making decisions about how philanthropic dollars get allocated, right? And that decision making is pretty centralized. Um, so Good World is here to actually not try to solve every problem of of corporate philanthropy, but specifically to just unlock. Some of that value and invite more people into the decision-making process. So let's just start with one practical example. We enable a, a brand, a corporation, an influencer, a major donor to make a philanthropic donation. But instead of just cutting a check or writing a few or or disseminating grants to a few different charities, we actually invite a whole audience into that process. Uh, to to give more people voice about where that money goes. And through that process, you can actually multiply the power of, the, of every dollar of the investment. Because when you invite more people in, you can nudge them along the way to chip in. They become a part of a learning journey. They become integrated into that journey. And, and it will more or less reflect the values of all stakeholders that are involved.
0: Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving. And we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization? Learn more today at Virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes.
1: Hey friends, meet our new partner, Gravity. Gravity provides an ecosystem of products to energize, mobilize, and steward your network of believers.
0: One of its products is Community, your force for digital member communities. You know we believe community is everything, and Gravity's community is designed to help take your organization's community engagement virtual and make members feel welcome and connected anytime, anywhere.
1: With its video-first platform, your community can have access to state-of-the-art virtual networking experiences with a personalized feed, a directory to connect with peers, and virtual events all in one place.
0: The Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation is a great example of a community customer who uses the platform to connect, give back, and expand their scholar and alumni network. Its community platform allows members to connect by networking with fellow members and alumni to build relationships and mentorships.
1: Learn how Gravity's community engages employees and in return, keeps them happy, involved, enriched, and motivated. Learn more at gravity.com. That's gravity, G-R-A-V-Y-T-Y.com. Now let's get back to this feel-good conversation.
0: I mean, you are talking about moving from a mindset of transactional giving, to transformational giving, to experiential giving. And I I love that you brought that to our community because we're all about not just hearing the warm fuzzies and the activation and the strategies, we want to get active. We want to take it and go do something with it. And we believe that everybody can play a role in how they take what they've learned and push that into their community. Because if we've learned anything by sitting in these chairs and turning on these mics, it's that the answers to the most systemic problems, you know, not the symptoms as you reference they reside in the community on the front lines of where um, we see suffering, where we see that someone needs healing or to work through grief or trauma, as you've mentioned. And so thank you for recentering that. And I would, I would love just like a practical example for our listeners. Like, how are you doing that um, with your partners and good world? And how is that playing out? And I even want to know, like, what's the response been like? Have you seen it iterate and change people?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Um, You know, we, we can't claim any kind of inventorship or patent of any of these ideas because th- they're ultimately a part of of trends and things that have been shaping and accumulating over time. You're right. Philanthropy goes back a very long time. Um, even corporate philanthropy goes back well into the last century. And as technology changes, uh, new opportunities arise. And in many ways, the types of the types of technology and an ecosystem that we're are they're, they they actually may not have been possible before now. So, so some practical examples, and the reason it's so rewarding being in this space is the creativity is or is endless. Um, one that just came to mind because I because it's being posted today is uh, a group uh, which is which is a. A trading company. Um, they they do stocks and and they give a lot of money away and they raise a lot of money. Uh, and what they're doing is they're actually just posting up $2,000 to their community that their community can redeem at one of three schools to be built in Honduras. And that type of approach to just give to give is, is amazing because it increases the overall engagement rate. It educates individuals about the types of programs that are happening. And when people interact with that money, even if it's in small increments, like $10 per person, they they get to think about the difference they're making with that money. And then they may chip in along the way on the journey. So that initial investment that was sent out to the community is now, is now growing dramatically in in a matter of a few minutes or hours, just by getting more people involved. So that's one example I can list off a uh, half a dozen.
1: I mean, let's juxtapose that against the execs going with a big foam board check, you know, to some <laughs> C suite to take their picture. <laughs> to what you describe and what I keep hearing is like you get you're cultivating believers, which to us is the end game. Like you don't want just a transactional donor. like that. May and our budgets. core value
0: number four yeah, of our is company. That it's
1: about belief. It's about cultivating believers. So I think the magic happens is first when they're getting to be an active role. Like how cool is that? But second, when that school is built, there's that little piece inside their hearts, like the Grinch that's like grows. You're like, you see that school and you remember, hey, I clicked that button to make that happen. And what does that do to somebody, you know, that maybe only had $10 to be part of it but they believe that wow, that really translated into something, and that leads to engagement over time and belief. And what it, what a believer will do is just categorically different than just a transactional donor. So I love that you're doing that at scale. Super cool.
2: So powerful. And and another contrast is just the underlying philosophy. Uh, even when you compare a sort of give to give model versus a traditional matching model. A matching model kind of says implicitly that we will give only if you give, right? Of course, it does induce more generosity by doubling the impact, but Mm -hmm. it is just philosophically a different place to come from. Me handing John money to make a difference in the world is investing in his values in a way that didn't create any kind of quid pro quo. Uh, It's just you go do your thing and make the world a better place. And I trust you to to do that with this money. And so we're we're just really excited to see how that meant that mind shift is 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 being manifested in these types of campaigns. Wow.
0: I it's mean fascinating.
2: That's really
0: cool. And it's like the McKenzie Scott, you know, trust based you know, philanthropy example played out in a corporate setting. And can you imagine if your employer just said, I want to see you as a human being. I don't I don't know fully what's going on in your life or the journey you've walked, but I would love to invest in that thing which you did. And all of a sudden, it, it breeds that loyalty. It breeds that gratitude, that compassion. And then you're synced together in this thing. And I would even say, if you're somebody on an employee on the receiving end of that, circle back to your employer and tell the story of what happened that connectivity is only going to amplify their ability to want to help more and to see you as a human being and and then you start to break down these capitalistic structures here I go on my philosophical rant <laughs> where it's less about hierarchy and it's more about equity and i i just love these philosophical conversations and i love everyone that comes into this because We're truly ideating and talking and architecting that world that we want to live in through these conversations and your involvement in it in whatever way and whatever small way helps to re architect that. And so I thank you for bringing the empowerment piece into it. And it just feels like anybody can be a philanthropist in this moment. And we feel that so strongly. And we think the term philanthropy is ubiquitous it can mean it's no longer just about the financial gift it's how you show up it's how you amplify it's how you bring other people to the table it's about how you give up your seat and your privilege to somebody who hasn't had a chance and so i would love to just get your take on this richie like this concept of everyone can be a philanthropist right now talk about this moment and how people can lean into it
2: that's um, that's wonderful and so well put philanthropy is just love for humanity. That's, that's all it is. So you can express love in so many ways. I think like Cornell West maybe borrowed from Martin Luther King that like, uh, is it justice is what lo- love looks like in public or something like that. There are so mm. many ways to love, uh, our neighbors and others. And, at the end of the day, it's it's almost like let's just live out a, a code of ethics um, yeah. to bring blessings upon yourself, bless your neighbor, to enrich yourself, enrich your neighbor. Peace and happiness don't come to you from the horizon. They sort of spread out from you. And if brands were to get a hold of this and figure this out, they would create real long-term enduring. Ecosystem, wow. so figure this out, oh. right? And, and that—that's, I mean, you look at some of these moves by Patagonia. I mean, that's leadership, right?
0: Yeah,
1: and it's attracting your rabid fans—people
0: oh, oh, yeah. that and- actually.
1: Deeply care about the environment. I mean, they doubled down on that. You know, it's like you find your people.
0: Talk about what this is because this was this hit a couple weeks ago from when we're recording. And for those that didn't see what the Patagonia founder did, talk about that, Richie.
2: Basically, took the entire the entire company into a, a basically a public trust. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Patagonia will continue to operate as it has from the point of view of providing value to customers providing amazing outdoor experience education gear to people who love the outdoors but has essentially said this value that we create and these relationships with stakeholders we create don't belong to shareholders they belong to the world which is our whole community of stakeholders and and that's like walking the talk that That's really saying it's not just marketing language. It's it's saying, no, we're going to literally Im- give this back to the world because that's where it came from.
1: Well, I mean, I think I'd love to go deeper on this as we think about the lens, because you kind of teased this idea and I'd love to go back to it. As we think about democratizing philanthropy, talk about the idea that brands and influencers have the power to become these e- impact ecosystems. We love the word ecosystem because I think it meets the moment of the omni-channel and all the ways that we engage. What does that look like today and how can people lean into that?
2: Yeah, I, I love that framing and I couldn't agree more ecosystems, you know, a, a framing of the day because it implies that everything within that environment is sort of a center of its own distribution, um, that everything has value and everything moves to and through uh, every entity. So it's all in this Constant state of of giving and passing value through, so an ecosystem is not an extractive relationship. Um, it's it's a it is it's like a it's like a bazaar. It's like a it's a marketplace. It's a place that that stuff moves and doesn't accumulate. Um, so, in terms of how brands and influencers are, are, at least the bleeding edge of of a lot of influencers who are who are really growing their. Positive pro social impact is they're they are doing that mindset shift. They are they're making kindness a part of their growth, and to me, that's that's kind of syncing with the overall operating principles of reality. It's not about cynicism. You, you can grow your brand not by extracting value out of your community, but by providing value. To your community, and I think it's a it's a matter of modeling modeling a new ethic uh, from from a business point of view to uh, an influencer point of view to just a a brand point of view.
1: Louder for the people in the back. I mean, this is like baking generosity at the core of how we operate. You know, and it really does shift the lens of how companies like create content and engage with customers and all of that. From an organizational standpoint.
0: And I gotta just like talk about something we're seeing in this vein because I think what you're saying is so smart and it and it's so forward-thinking. And PS, it feels good. This is a way to walk through business where it feels good and it feels like it gives balance to your life. But I agree with you. I mean, we're talking with some people in the background, you know, that want to partner with the company, and they're saying corporations are desperate for more goodness more generosity their customers their consumers are demanding that they be more conscientious about you know who their customers are the things that they care about the earth you know and, and corporations are are understanding that that robotic voice of content that they used to put out is just falling flat and I think your call to arms about denying the cynicism denying the apathy y'all this is the best way to stand out right now in a digital world is to bring hope in to bring joy you know to your company bring cheerfulness and if you can uplift that, that's going to cut through the noise because we're all hearing the division. We're all hearing the cynicism. This is a way to get what we call scroll stopping content where you can put something out there and you all, nonprofits, social impact, you have the upper hand right now in this moment because the voice, the authentic voice of the people is rising higher than the level of what we're seeing that's top down from corporate or from brands. And so we're here for this moment. And we just want to tell you, you have got a suit of armor on. Step into it. Step in with these stories. Step in with your purpose and and embrace it and live it and the only way to do this everyone is through vulnerability and through authenticity and so richie i just i this is why we love hanging out with you cuz we can just wax philosophical and just <laughs> dream about what it is but the fun thing is it's not just a dream a pipe dream like we're actually seeing this play out and for those that are brave enough to step into it they're the ones charting Winning selling, fundraising, growing the brand, growing the community and it's just the only way to go
2: yeah and it's it, from a nonprofit perspective it's 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 not just about grinding yourself more and doing more with less it's it's about embracing a, a lot of the power of this new infrastructure that's that's sort of building itself around us every day uh learning from businesses, so in many ways you know brands are becoming more human but but nonprofits also need to become more like businesses they they do need to figure out how to create long-term sustainability but like you said not not shy away from the value they're bringing to the space in this moment um, because at the end of the day nonprofits are not just in the position of, trying to do more than less anymore. They're actually in a position to imbue the world with this new ethic and this new way of seeing the world. When when depression and anxiety have skyrocketed, when homelessness is actually on the rise, we need nonprofits now more than ever. And we can't just keep putting them into this position of martyrdom. Um, They need to step it up and lead in in a time when everything is kind of in question, when a new story can be written. Can be written.
1: And I think part of that new story, I, I was thinking this in my head and then you segued into it beautifully. That new chapter that we're kind of walking into or that maybe we're even in at this moment, nonprofits too can be this magnet to people looking for more meaning, looking for more relational overlap in how their personal life, how they show up about their passions. Like, We're built around those type of passions. Like this is heartwired work with direct impact. Like this is a moment to attract those type of people to your team and to keep those people on your team that have that, you know? And what that looks like is figuring out how they can thrive and take care of them and their mental health and figure out all those things that we talk about on the podcast all the time to enrich the culture of your organization. So man, I'm loving this. Um, I I wanna give you a chance to storytell because we mutually believe in the power I've seen the power of philanthropy. Is there a moment of your life, Rich, you take us back to it could be smaller, big, where philanthropy has just like, man, kind of gut punched it and said, this is, this is it, this is what matters.
2: With me, it happens every day in in little moments in often, often it's it's new partnerships that that we have. I mean, I'll just give some examples. You know, we're we're working with an organization I want to call out called Dream Machine Foundation. And Dream Machine, that name. <laughs> yeah, Dream Machine is out there with probably ten million social media followers across their TikTok and, and Instagram, raising money in tiny increments. I'm, I mean, average gift is probably not more than than ten dollars, and they're out there in Florida right now, rebuilding people's lives and young people who have cancer, who have maybe very low prospects for, uh, for a flourishing life moving forward because of medical bills, they're just granting those dreams. Um, Mm. and to see that, to, to see the transformation on these, in these social media channels is what keeps me going. I mean, to, to, we're here to build not just technology, but a new, a new media. And that media is sh- opening our hearts to one another, is this kind of radical kindness, compassion, collaboration that the world requires right now. And so that, that's just one example, but there are countless others of just the small things that I get to be a part of in doing the work that I'm doing that, that power me forward.
0: I love that your example is a literal flip of the pyramid that we talk about, the donor pyramid, all the time. And it's about looking at the base and what can the collective do? And there is nothing more inspiring to me that when tiny gifts, when banded together, have a massive impact. Because... Then the collective good is bigger. We all feel better because we all feel like we had a part in bringing that to bear. And so, thank you for that incredible example. And totally going to go follow that organization because I want to see what they're working on and how you're getting 10 million followers to activate. So, you know, we round out all our conversations with a one good thing. Richie, um, what would be your one good thing? Piece of advice, maybe a life hack that you would leave with our community.
2: My my one good thing is about being. Easier on yourself. I think it is really, really, it's really easy in this time to feel that the rat race around us is like needs to be complied with. That we that we have to we have to do, we have to achieve, we have to make impact. And I think if 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 you can sit out in nature, or you can enjoy, uh, you know, a glass of wine with a group of friends, or you can really find your gratitude in what you have even if you feel like it's a little or it's not what you feel you deserve or desire that that can that can be that can get you so much mileage and will actually be the energy that 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 brings in the fruits of your heart so i would just say let's be easier on ourselves and i think that will trans transmute to to other to your other relationships.
1: You are a good human, Richie Kindle.
0: I mean the Kindleship is so high right now. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> like your new title needs to be like Ambassador of Empathy. Cause you come in and you spread that around. And I have to tell you, I actually needed to hear that today. Me and too. so thank <laughs> you. For up over Kim- <laughs> I am too. Thank you, Richie. No, thank you guys. I mean,
1: Richie, we want to give you space like I know this conversation is going to cut through people are going to want to connect with you and the work that you're doing at Good World. You know, tell us how people can find you online, where can they connect with Good World and how do y'all show up in the world?
2: Yeah, goodworldnow.com is our website. Um, you know, we're obviously on all of the social media chana- channels as well, but you can you can contact me directly. I I will respond my email is richie r i c h i e at goodworldnow.com. Um you know, I think we're we're in this moment where we we all need to band together uh, as corny as it sounds to build the future that we all believe in, and we're 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 kind of just a mindset shift or a heart set shift away.
0: Well, I don't know what to say to you, Richie Kendall, because i I said we wanted to adopt you within five minutes of meeting you, but <laughs> I think everybody can see why we want to be in your orbit. And the fact is, this is not just lip service. And that's why we brought you in is because you're building it right now. You're seeing the impact right now. And all you're doing is extending a hand and saying, come with us because it feels good to do work and to do life this way. And I can tell you that our hands are grabbing yours and we're reaching out. And I hope everybody listening will decide to step forward and step into this because it's helped my mental health um, immensely. And just to even know that this good work is rippling beyond our periphery. I think is one of the most profound and great gifts of our lives. So thank you for reminding us of that and keep freaking going because you are a force (laughs) and all we want to do is pour some more fuel on that. So kindling, did you say that before? We want more kindling. So, okay. We will quit using your name as a pun, but thank you, my friend. Just so grateful for you for your friendship and allyship.
2: You guys are out there making everybody stronger. Uh, and, and I feel stronger with, 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 you in these conversations. And, and, you know, as long as we're all, we're all here with one another, we're going to be fine.
0: Yep. We got this. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Hey friends. Thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics. Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing. If you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us, and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Boersboom.
1: Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast.
0: Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends.
1: We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.